Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Alan Moore and you're listening to Gaelic Games Europe's weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. A very warm welcome to today's show. We're going to talk about growth and development of Gaelic Games in Europe with GGE's very own Ben McEntee, our development officer. Ben, of course, is based in Eindhoven in the Netherlands, which, of course, is undergoing its own Gaelic Games growth with hurling, camogie and ladies football beginning to take hold. Before we go to Ben, we have a little bit of news. As county championships come to a climax in Ireland, the GAA announced that the All-Ireland Inter-County Championships will take place. In a statement, the GAA said that the management committee decided to go ahead because following positive interaction with the government and an understanding that specific financial supports will be made available. Now, of course, they will be very, very strictly controlling all elements of preparation by teams. They also said that due to the reduced level of funding available as a result of the pandemic, a series of strict financial controls will be put in place by the association, which will govern the costs and preparation of teams as we know that it will limit collective training sessions to three per week and a ban on training camps. And finally, while the week ended on a bit of a sour note with Conor McGregor's latest transgression, earlier in the week we were treated to a stage win in the Tour de France by Waterford's Sam Bennett. He of course won stage 10 in a sprint and took the green jersey of the points leader. Now, including today's stage, there are eight remaining. So hopefully on the 20th of September, he'll be wearing the green jersey on the Champs-Élysées. And off we go to Eindhoven to have a chat with Ben McEntee. I'm delighted to welcome on to this Sunday's game this week, GGE's development officer and a man of many ha- talents, Ben McAtee, you're very welcome. Thanks very much, Alan. Thanks for having me on the, the show. Listen, Ben, straight away, uh, sorry, you're from Carlo, correct? Yeah, I'm originally from Limerick, but yeah, Carlo's home, Carlo Wicklow Order. That, that, like, I mean, you're, you're kind of like putting that little asterisk there. Like, I'm originally from Limerick, but I'm actually from Carlo. Uh, well, I'm from Limerick to justify my Munster supporter uh, hat. <laughs> well, this must have been a bad weekend for you then after seeing him getting battered by Leinster. Oh, it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> when you're watching a, a Leinster Munster match, how do you feel? It's always great as well. It's great to see, you know, uh, rugby back on the TV uh, these days. It's uh, it's it's always a tough one to take when uh, when Munster are on the the losing side, especially as my partner is a, a Leinster supporter. So uh, uh, extra salt in the wounds. <laughs> well, you listen. It is you come good next year anyway, uh, or in the European, yeah, in the European, the Champions Cup. Listen, Ben, straight away, um, development of Gaelic games in Europe. How is it coming along and what kind of facts or figures do you have that you can, uh, that our listeners can enjoy? Developing Gaelic games in Europe is actually going uh, pretty well. We've seen, uh, like over the years that I've been involved, we've seen a kind of a steady growth. Uh, both in the number of clubs and the number of people involved, and that's you know largely down to the to the people uh, involved in the clubs themselves, uh, pu- pushing it forward. We, we've seen, you know, we have seen clubs come, clubs come and clubs go, but but by and large, we have a kind of a stable base of uh, of clubs uh, in Europe, and there's always new pe- new groups of people coming along. Um, with interest in starting clubs in 
really new and kind of diverse areas. I regularly get emails from uh, from people saying, I'm in such and such a place. Um, I'm interested in starting a club. Often I have to look into Google Maps to find out where in the name <laughs> of God is that? On, on that, I mean, what kind of steps are needed to set up a club in Europe? Is it relatively easy or can it be a bit like daunting, especially for non-Irish people? Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I do get contacted quite regularly. Uh, setting up a club is really quite simple. Um, when it all boils down to it, is if you have a group of people who are interested in the sport, if you know that group of people gets a football and goes down to their local park or gets some hurls and goes to the local you know uh, sports field and has a puck around, that's the bones on which to build a club. It, it's essentially there because it's all about you know getting involved and in playing the sport. Now usually then you know at that stage, or even maybe sometimes before that, uh, they will get in touch with me, and I'll talk them through the the you know, kind of the administration steps of uh, you know registering players, registering the club, um, and you know kind of other kind of tips in terms of you know how to kind of seek out you know, maybe sponsorship or or kind of financing and and. Um, how to how to get themselves organized in terms of a committee structure. But as I say to them all, you know, as long as you're going playing sports, consider yourselves a club. And because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we really just, we, we're, we're interested in getting people involved. That's at all levels because, I mean, GGE as, well, say, for example, last week, uh, Tony Bass, our chairperson, said that we are inclusive and inclusivity is key oh yeah it's, it's vital i mean like i say again to, to labor a point i do get contacted by people um it, it's not just irish people in in different parts of the world i get contacted by multiple nationalities um you know and it's always interesting to hear their stories of how they what put them in touch with gaelic sports you know, for some, it was, uh, you know, I had a guy in, in Athens, he had studied for a couple of months in, in IT Sligo and got involved in hurling over there, but went back to Athens and, you know, was very keen to, to, to get something started there. Um, now, while, a, while a, a full club hasn't kind of evolved out of that just yet, he's still, you know, he's still in touch and he's still working on on. on getting a lot of his friends roped in for uh, uh, some stick fighting in Athens. One of the things that we, we all, I, I also try to help with is trying to help with um, clubs kind of become sustainable. And while we do have areas where, you know, because, you know, Irish people travel a lot. Um, and in this day and age, you, you have, uh, you know, people might be in a city on a, you know, kind of two year contract and be interested in starting some Gaelic sports in that city. Something I always try and push them to do is to, you know, get the locals involved because when their contract ends, you know, they might not stay in the city, they might move on to somewhere else. You know, if you have, if you've got uh, the locals or the other expats in the, in the city uh, involved, you know, those are the ones that are gonna stay there more long-term and keep the club going. 
and you know, kind of a, a lot of a lot of people's you know tend to be quite um, you know expat communities tend to be quite transient anyway. So local people are you know apart from knowing the local language and being able to pick their way through you know kind of dealing with local uh, legislation or um, negotiating for pitch rental and stuff. They're the, they're the people who are going to form the core of the the, the, the club in the long term. Um, I suppose integrating the club in the community and kind of anchoring anchoring a club into the community is, is to get involved with the local community. Has COVID sort of slowed down the growth of clubs in Europe? Well, yeah. has it slowed down? Yes and no. It hasn't slowed down the interest. Um, I, I'm still receiving a similar number of uh, contacts from people interested in, I suppose, learning about how they should go about setting up a club. I mean, across the continent, we've all faced these restrictions where we can't actually get out on the pitch um, or haven't been able to get out onto the pitch for, for long stretches. You know, I mean, across the continent, things are slowly reopening. Um, and games are starting to, to kind of get played. I mean, it's great to see that the interest never really waned. Um, I'm still getting contacted from people far and wide. One funny thing, of course, you're involved with uh, Eindhoven there in Holland. Tell us, uh, you've made a huge step forward this year. You have a hurling section now. Yeah, actually, really proud of the lads there. Um, yeah, no, over the last few years we've been uh, working on uh, kind of growing the club and uh, you know initially we were just a a, a football club uh, we had a few hurlers but they tended to play um, with the Den Haag side we kind of put a lot of effort into developing hurling in the club and just this weekend past uh, we fielded our first hurling team as uh, as the Eindhoven Shamrocks uh, again, with the restrictions, we were limited to uh, playing uh, just the other Dutch teams, which was Amsterdam and Den Haag. Thanks very much to Den Haag for um, organising a great tournament at the weekend. And uh, I'm very happy to say that Eindhoven uh, beat both Amsterdam and Den Haag in their first time out. Listen, that's uh, that. That's a great start, yeah. I mean, start as you mean to go on. Exactly. Then, and, and actually, just uh, one of the other things that we've been working really hard on has been uh, kind of developing uh, the, the ladies' game within uh, within our club. <laughs> and uh, we're hoping that in a couple of weeks' time down in Maastricht, uh, the Eindhoven uh, ladies' football team will have their first uh, first outing. Good luck and thank you so much for all you for us around Europe. Uh, I know that you've championed development, the development even of clubs. For example, the new one, the Symbiers Celts, which fingers crossed will be uh, accepted quite soon into the family. Ben, just before we actually finally do go away, I want to ask you about, of course, the. Global Games Development Fund, which of course is part of the uh, Department of Foreign Affairs of Ireland. Um, can you just tell us a couple of words about it before we go off into the night? Thanks for asking because, um, uh, yeah, a large part of, of the, the work that I do is um, uh, helping with administering the, that, that fund. It's uh, 
The Global Games Development Fund is a it's a kind of a part sponsored uh, by the Department of Foreign Affairs and uh, the GAA. Um, the objective is to to kind of support. Um, it's as part of the DFA's Immigrant Support Fund. So it's like a, aimed at helping Irish people through the development of Gaelic games uh, overseas. It's been a great resource for developing Gaelic games within Europe um, because it's project based. And like I said earlier, I mean, it's down to the, the people within the clubs across Europe and their great efforts to uh, come up with uh, really good projects to develop the sport within their area. Every year, um, I've been able to uh, help them with kind of planning projects and, uh, you know, it's kind of securing funding so that they can deliver everything from you know, kind of securing, say, you know, goalposts and, uh, you know, some equipment for their club through, uh, you know, kind of running development projects where they uh, get involved with uh, local schools and get school kids in, involved in um, in learning uh, learning the sport. And it's been growing year on year. It's, it's always a, a really kind of Lovely side to my job to see these projects uh, succeed. And then, just before you go as well, finally, 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 uh, of course, better say well done and thank you to O'Shea's Pub in Eindhoven because, of course, they sponsored the new kit with Eindhoven. So uh, that's thanks to Eindhoven's social media for making sure that uh, we in the in the media and communications department, uh, which of course is very very well staffed in GGE, that we were able to get notes of that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Eindhoven uh, O'Shea's have been a, a great supporter of the Eindhoven Shamrocks uh, down the years. Um, but I suppose that, you know, we we, ha- we have a number of sponsors, uh, including uh, the EZNL. Uh, language training facility uh, school who have been struggling to teach us uh, to speak Dutch for many years. Um, <laughs> Franz is a great guy there, and uh, uh, Walter and all the guys at uh, Zelvin uh, Recruitment Agency uh, have also been uh, very supportive of our, of our club through the years. Brilliant. Listen, Ben, thank you so much, and. Uh of course, we're going to talk to you again very, very soon. Okay, thanks very much, Alan. Take care of yourself. As the final whistle blows on this episode of This Sunday's Game, we'd like to thank Ben McAtee for his time and wish himself and Eindhoven the very best of luck in the coming seasons. We'll be back, of course, next Sunday with a very special interview. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other. Mm-hmm.